That was great, bro. Thank you. Right, let's give them a hand. Let's bless them. Good playing. Way to go, CJ. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. How many, how many knows how to growl in this place? I know there's no growlers, but how many, if you knew how, you, you might have remembered how you used to growl. Growl. Who's in control? I want to share with you some things today, but I want to start off going back to the scripture that I used for a number of weeks, and I'll explain why. In Psalms 19, 12 through 14, it says, Who can discern his errors, his own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I, then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. We did four or five weeks on search and destroy. And it says here, hidden faults and, and discern errors. And we wonder, what could be wrong in my life? What could be tripping me up? What could be messing me up? And it gives us an answer here. It says, first of all, start off with, listen to your words and check what your thoughts are. Check your thoughts, check your words, and then you'll be able to see what may be hidden faults and things we have to work on. And we talked about discerning, which means uh, knowing which half to believe. Nothing in life is to be feared. It is to be understood and then receive the ability of God to change things that can be changed. 1 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 speaks about demolishing strongholds and every argument, anything that rises against the knowledge of Christ Jesus. You know, in World War II, the Chinese had to do an, the Japanese had to do an unconditional surrender. They could not ask for any type of conditions. They were told how they were had to live and how things were going to be. Well, many Christians are living in that state of mind in an unconditional form of surrender to where you have surrendered into believing errors and faults and living a life and even living a lie that you're not supposed to be living. But we believe that through this series and through these messages, God is getting ready to do something awesome in your life. Amen. Before I continue, there is Sister Terry. Sister Terry, will you stand? Oh, Sister Terry Perkins, there's our hero. Hallelujah. Back from Houston. Cancer-free. Hallelujah. And we rejoice in Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless you as you go on. As she does a few rest, things of chemo for her safety's sake, but we just, they, they gave her a good report, and we just thank God. Well, she's a trooper. Hallelujah. We're proud of you. She, she destroyed that stronghold. The ability of God is able to destroy strongholds. And I want to share something with you. I want you to see something here. Many times people say, you know, if you're coming to Word of Grace, we'll do series. I did four or five weeks on search and destroy. Then I did the last three weeks on forgiveness. And some of you may be wondering, why do you get on the same subject and you stay and you stay and you stay? Well, it says here in Jeremiah 23, 4, and this is the scripture of the church. We used to have it on mugs. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. A lot of people have different things about mindsets, what a pastor should do and how a pastor should do it. But Jesus, Jehovah said, I will set up shepherds over them which should feed them, feed them out of fear till they fear no more. Feed them out of being dismayed and feed them out of lack. 
He always spoke of his word in seed form. And he said, I want shepherds who would feed them. The apostles said, we can't wait on tables. We've got to give ourselves to study and prayer, study of the word of God into prayer because the Lord wants his shepherds to feed his flock. So when we come to this place and when I'm sharing with you uh, scriptures and I'm, I'm on the same subject, I'm not trying to be a broken record. I'm trying to feed you out of whatever has been a hidden fault and an error. You just don't eat boudin one time and give it up. I read this. A doctor said this. He said, the doctor who I think he created cast on broken arms and legs. He said, creative planning is the result for restoration. Creative planning is the result for restoration. What does that mean? If you've ever broken a bone, and when we were in Argentina, I, I went through an episode where I knocked my knee out and I had to have a cast from my waist all the way to my ankle. And I couldn't drive for a few months, and I had this cast. And the reason I had the cast on, it was to be able to give that spot that was broken or, mis or misplaced, it was to give it time to get strong and to get healed again before the cast would come off. And then while the cast was on, I was given crutches, and I had to walk on crutches for a while because I had to keep the pressure off of that injured area so that it could grow and be strong. And some of you might have gone through cast and different things like that. Well, what the Word of God and what teaching and, and the Word like we're teaching it here does is that it's to give a, put a cast on that area and continue working it with the balm of Gilead and the healing power of Jesus' Word to be able to continue working in areas of our mind and our soul so that we were able to destroy things that have been trying to destroy us. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So we got to help these things and fix them and, and get them out. And we are here, right here, it says, I'll set up shepherds who to feed them to get strongholds and eras out. And it reminded me, as I was reading this, I thought about that commercial of the termites. How many of you have seen that commercial where these big, huge termites want to get in the jacuzzi with those people? And uh, have, you, have you seen the big termite when he knocked on the door and he wants to get in? And they call the Arkin Man. Well, I'm the Arkin man. And I want to deal with a termite that is one of the ugliest, devastating termites that exist hidden within the saints. And that's the spirit of anger. That anger many times is hidden and not seen publicly, but it still exists. And we're going to be seeing how anger ties into uh, unforgiveness and how we want to get rid of that. And we want to exterminate all these type of things from anger. Hidden faults. These termites that try to come and maybe you were one of these that you could say, you know what? Everything was so good and my dad or my mom just ended up having to just ruin it and get a divorce. My parents not, never got a divorce, but my parents would move around a lot. And it seems like just when we would have friends and just when we were accepting the school, I mean, one time we moved three times in seven months. And, and, and we had to leave the school. We had to leave friends. It was just like devastating. There would be, I would never speak to my dad, but there would be an anger like every time it starts getting good, every time I start getting to know some people, every time I start getting into sports, we've got to uproot and move and I've got to get to know new friends all over again. And so I didn't go through a divorce, but I went through the anger of being a child to where it was uncontrolled what was going on. And some of you were military children, and you know what I'm talking about. But maybe there's the, this fire inside of you, this anger, feeling rejected. Things in relationships, things that's gone bad. And I wrote a few things down here that many people say that we hear, how can this happen to me? How can this happen to me? 
Maybe you had a mate who cheated on you. You go, you know, I bore your children. I served you. I took care of our house. How could this happen to me? I worked and I loved you. I worked and loved for you. We had it made and you blew it. You suck. <laughs> or maybe we're one of those that we're angry at ourselves. How could I have blown such something that was so good? I had it made and I just blew it over what? And maybe there's a secret fire inside of you. I caused all this. It's all my fault. And that fire gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as I was listening to the news, the last thing I heard Friday was there, there was 169 homes destroyed in Colorado because of a fire. And then the gas line exploded in California, and they were still searching for bodies last night. The devastating power of fire, and the Bible speaks about a fire being uncontrolled that causes devastation and destruction to lives and to homes. This fire has to be put out, and we've got to understand what the Bible tells us and how we can work with it. I read this article. This philosopher from the days of Jesus wrote this. What disturbs people's minds is not events, but their judgments on events. And then I read this in one of Cindy's books uh, on anger management. Uh, it, listen to this. My mind is a mini courtroom with a judge and a jury that weighs in every situation I encounter. I deem some of these situations to be unfair and unjust, and I get a lot of pleasure out of coming up with reasons as to why I'm right. Most of the time, the defense produces a very compelling case that justifies why I am angry and who is to blame. And not surprisingly, this inner jury almost always decides in my favor. Wow. Hidden faults. My mind, there's a jury there. It's his fault. It's their fault. That's not right. That's not the way things are supposed to be. And we see, we saw the last few weeks about unforgiveness. The man was released from his debt, 20 years of wages. And when he was released, he went and found a friend who owed very little. And what he did, he went and grabbed him and he started choking to him. He was angry at the guy who owed him just a little bit because he was embarrassed and angry at his master. I'm going to show you today that a lot of times the reason we strike out to, around, to those closest to us it's because we feel like somebody's trying to choke the life out of us. Somebody's been unfair to me, so I've got to be unfair to somebody. I'm going to show you this in the Word today, and I pray that it's a, helping, a help to you. Ever been embarrassed? Do you ever feel embarrassed and exploded in anger? Isn't that something that provokes anger? Especially anger that has just been quiet and still and not dealt with. And all of a sudden when you get embarrassed and you see somebody pointing or laughing, that anger just explodes. Did you ever get angry at life? You know, I didn't expect none of this. The job, boy, this job just makes me feel like a loser. Marriage, you know, this is not what I hoped for. Didn't finish college or school and you're angry about that. Your friends, some people are angry about their body. Some people are angry at God. I prayed for God to do this, and he didn't do that. So they get angry at God. I'm going to be dealing more with that later on. But I want you to read this scripture here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, 26, 30, and 32. I want you to hear this. It says, so stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Now, look at this part here. And don't sin by letting anger control you. 
And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Don't quench Him by the way you live, by the way you live, by the way you act. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved in the day of redemption. Get rid of. Everybody say that with me. Get rid of. Get rid of the termites. Get rid of all. Ooh, we're going to see that little word. God loves to put that word in His word. All. A-L-L. That little word holds a lot of truth. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. Oh, I'm sorry. Anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of behavior. Instead, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ has forgiven us. How many of you know everyone around you is a tender-hearted, compassionate person? Amen. Just go ahead and know that right now. Everybody in here is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Anger is the word that comes from the word RJ, which means desire. Anger is a desire. It says here, do not, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, I want to share something with you. I have a picture here of I'm, I'm in Major Anthony's suit and Cindy's I Dream of Jenny. Yeah. You know why? I always liked I Dream of Jenny because that's the type of wife I wanted. I wanted a wife to tell me, your wish is my command. I wanted a wife who'd do whatever I wanted to, spend all day cleaning my house. When I get home, hi, master, hi, master, what can I do for you today? You know, hey, I, I mean, you know, I kind of grew up with that. And uh, Cindy knows that well, I, I wanted a genie. So when I found her, boy, I had my genie. Boy, she's just going to, yeah, whatever my wish, whatever my wish is, it's her command. She's going to do it. I'm going to wear the pants in the family. I'm going to be Major Nathan Elson and Elson, and I'm going to sit down, and she's going to do everything I want her to do. And I hear preachers say, don't let the sun down go on your wrath, and they preach on marriage, and they say, couples, don't you ever fight after dark. Get it over with till dark, and then when it gets dark, stop your fighting. But I was thinking, that's an angel. My, my girl's an angel. We may have a little fight right now, but that's because we're not married yet. But once we're married, and she's my property... I mean, that's what I, I mean, once we're married, I mean, she's going to, she's an angel. I mean, how can I ever fight with that? Everything is awesome. I mean, she's an angel. <laughs> In disguise. But it took a devil <laughs> to get the angel out. I mean, to, to, for, never mind. Anyway, anyway. Don't let the sun down, go down on your wrath. Oh, man, that's not us. She's an angel. We're not going to fight. But how many of you know, boy, it didn't take long for things to change. I heard one amen, so I know I'm, I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> it took things to fight. And have you ever had them fights where you determined, I'm not giving in this time. She's going to have to apologize. I'm not apologizing anymore. Man, let me tell you something. Wife are like camels. They don't look like camels, but, but they're like camels. You know why? They can go a long time between taking a drink. Ooh. 
And so, like, you, if you learn, if you watch Everybody Loves Raymond, you would learn this. <laughs> that a wife is like a camel that can hold a long time ignoring and not speaking to you and not loving the you. And us men are like fish. <laughs> we can't live out of the water. And so we have to have a drink or we'll die. And so, you know, you get mad and you get angry and you think, you know what? I'm just not giving in this time. And then you start feeling the suffocating lack of air. <laughs> and you start thinking after one day, uh, you know what? I'm not giving in. And you make it through the night. Then you get up the next day. And the air's thinner. And by the end of the second day, you're thinking, you know what? I don't care who's right or who's wrong. <laughs> honey. <laughs> honey, I'm sorry. I was wrong. And you know what that camel's going to tell me? No, my, not my camel. You know what the wife's going <laughs> to you know what my wife's go, you know what my wife would tell me? Oh, she's good at this. She'll say, I'll say, baby, I'm so sorry. I was so wrong. And she'll go, okay, honey, that's so sweet. What were you wrong about? <laughs> I was I, I, I was too strong in the way I talked to you. Oh, that was it. You sure? <sighs> Look, I've been out of water for three days. My mind hasn't been working, and I can't remember what I did. But please, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. <laughs> so what you've got to do, you've got to deal with your anger. Amen. Because it says, don't give the devil a foothold, and I'll go over that more later on. In Greek, it means don't build Satan a room. Don't build the devil a bedroom in your mind, a place of a stronghold. Anger is of the nature of Satan, and love is the nature of God. And how many of you know God always wins? Amen? Let me show you something here that many times is a reason why we fall into the things of anger. i got to hurry up here. If I hurry, I'll behave. So Genesis chapter 4, verse 6. Look what it says here. Then the Lord said to Cain, and this is a question for us. Why are you angry? Why are you angry? Why is your face cast down? And let me just give you a little bit of the story there. As you know, Cain's offering was rejected and Abel's was accepted. And Cain got angry. Now listen to this. Cain, and I'm going to prove it in the word in the next scripture. Cain got angry. Listen to this. He took the rejection of his offering as a rejection of himself. When we feel like we are being rejected, we ourselves, it's so easy to get angry and want to strike back at somebody that we love. Look what God says. If you do what is right, if you do what is right, will you, will you? He didn't say the offering. He said, will you 
not be accepted. But if you do not that which is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Cain, buddy, you don't have to end up being cursed for the rest of your life. You've just got to come understand. I'm not rejecting you, son. I'm rejecting the offering. Just fix the offering, and then you'll realize what I'm trying to say. We, other words, Cain, don't take it personal. Anger is right there trying to destroy you and cause you to become the first murderer in the Bible. And it's because you're taking rejection personally and it's not personal. I love you just as much as I love Abel, but you're taking it personal. You're saying my offering is not as good as offering. You're saying, oh yeah, everybody loves Abel. Mom and dad loves Abel. Abel can't do no wrong. Abel is just the most wonderful child. Oh, Abel can't do no wrong. And God is saying, Cain, that's not the issue. I love you like I love Abel. But you have an issue and you got sin crouching at the door. Let me tell you something about sin. You, sin and anger. You don't want to just open the door. How many of you don't want to open the door for just anybody? Can I give you an example? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I wanted to use that as an example because, listen... Sin is crouching at the door, and you don't want to open the door for just anybody. You don't want to open the door and just let anything come at you and let anything in. How many of you know, I heard about a guy the other day, he was telling this story about he heard some noise outside, he opened the door, and it was a bear. And he lost control of his bowels and everything else, closed the door, ran. I mean, it was a mess because a bear was at his door. Well, let me share something with you. God was saying, there's a bear at your door. And if you open that door, it's going to come in and it's going to destroy your life. You want to close the door to anger. Amen? You want to close the door to anger. You're thinking, I'll never murder nobody. But it says in Matthew 5, 21, 22, you had heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you, eat, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in the danger of hell's fire. You've got to conquer it. Let me tell you about two different types of people get angry. First of all, I do it a lot when I'm preaching. It's called spitters. The first person that's angry is a spitter. They just let it all out. Cody said when he was in boot camp, he had five or six master sergeants in the cafeteria. They were just hollering and spitting. He just took a shower right there. They were just spitting all over him. Do you hear me, boy? They're spitters who just, you know, I'm going to give them a piece of my money. They don't hold back. They just let it out. They just spit it all out and get it off their chest. You can even spit through email and text. I don't know how many times I'm hearing about people, they get notices that they're they're being broken up with through text. I don't love you no more. We're over. Goodbye. 
The dude don't even have the guts to face her and say it's over. Send her a text. I'm sending you a text. Emails. Answer machine. Gossip. I'm going to get it out because it makes me feel better. Then there's the simmers. Those who just keep it in and it's just like a kettle on the fire. And it's just so slowly just simmering. You're keeping it in. You're just holding it in. You're just letting it hurt you. But I want you to see Proverbs 29 verse 11. It says, this is the spitter. A fool gives full vent to his anger. Full vent. But a wise man, say that with me, a wise man keeps himself under control. That's the third time we see that word, under control. Read wisdom every day. Read the book of Proverbs every day. A wise man keeps himself under control. How many times do you hear of somebody, one episode of losing the anger, they lost their marriage and they lost custody of their kids, they lost their job and they lost their life. One episode of anger and they ended up getting arrested because of manslaughter or attempted manslaughter. One letting it simmer and then explode, just letting it out causes someone to be hurt. And you may say, you know what, I've never... I may get angry, but I'll never. I hear men say this. I'm a real man. My daddy taught me, don't you ever hit a woman. And you may be here today and you say, you know what? I've never hit, I'll never hit my wife. But your words can hit harder than a fist. He fits his anger. He vents it. How many know it's not just the words? How many know our looks can hit harder than a fist? So we say, you know, I've never laid a hand on my wife. Oh, but maybe your words did. And it continues to do. The people I hear that says, I've gone through so much verbal abuse. And I hear people tell me, I'd rather had been hit than spoken to over and over again the way I was spoken and screamed at. At least if you would have hit me, it would have got over with. But when it went on day after day, you've taken all your anger from some root out on me. To try to make yourself feel better. Venting your anger out on me. Trying to destroy my life. Psalms 32 verse 3. This is for the simmers. When I kept it all. There's that word all. When I kept it all inside. My bones turned to powder. And my words became day long groans. What causes somebody just to complain all the time? Could be hidden anger. They say one of the body languages of hidden anger is always uh, cracking your knuckles. May not be the only reason. That could be a habit too. But a lot of times, cracking your knuckles. How many know God doesn't sit on his throne cracking his knuckles? God doesn't have a twitch. God is cool. And if you keep it in, that anger is going to manifest one way or the other. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. I'm going to do something I don't want to do. But it's going to manifest, if not out of words, it's going to manifest in the body parts. It's going to cause your blood pressure to go higher. It's going to cause different things to start happening in your life. It's going to start trying to defeat the very purpose God purposed in you. And so it's important that we learn to deal with this and, 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 and stop simmering over these things. And, and like, for example, you know, somebody tell you, well, you know, what, what, what are you mad at? You may talk to a family member. Why are you so mad? It's because when we were in the second grade. What? When we were in the second grade. 
or when we went there, do you remember what you did? Uh, no, that was 25, 35, 40 years ago. But they've let it simmer all this time in them. And it's going to take, it's going to come to a point where something is going to provoke it to explode. And it's not going to be pretty. Just allowing it to simmer. You've got to take it to the Lord. I want to show you something else here. You know the story of the prodigal son? Son got everything from his dad, his inheritance. He went off, lived his life wild and everything. He comes back. His dad's all excited, been waiting for him, puts on the robe, puts on the ring, puts on the shoes, kill the fat, fatted calf, we're going to have a party. And, I mean, it's time to celebrate. And what happens? The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Can you imagine his dad went out, son, come on, we want to celebrate your, your, your brother that was lost. Yeah, well, you know what? While my brother, my excuse of a brother was out sinning with the world, I was here slaving for you. And what I have been slaving for, you're now going to prepare and give to him. You know, you've never given me a party. You know what he was saying? I'm never going to celebrate, I'm not going to celebrate the life of a loser. He was angry. I'm not celebrating the life of a loser. He's been with prostitutes. He's been in drugs. He was eating with the pigs. He, was, he didn't even have a place to live. He was living under the bridge. He was outcast. He was homeless. And now you're telling me I got to come inside? And he turned his back to his father. And his father was saying, son, come on. You've got to celebrate. He says, I'm not celebrating the life of a loser. What happened? He was simmering. You never had a gave me a party. You never told me that. You never gave me anything like that. You never treated me that way. And when those things happen, these things start getting seeded inside of us. And it starts hurting. And it starts going to the, our head that we're the ones rejected. And so we want to attack the closest ones to us. Usually we attack the ones that we love. We think that we're not doing any damage. But someone always gets Proverbs 17, 14, starting. Look at that first word right there, starting. Let's take that word right there, starting. You don't want to start it. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. It's all going to collapse. Once you open the faucet, it flows. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Say it with me. Drop it. Blow it out. Put it out before it wants to take over. Amen. How many of you have ever been driving? And somebody drives up to you in a minivan. And they look at you in the eye and they go, I can take you. <laughs> and so they're giving it gas and you see their smoke coming and you're giving yours gas and smoking. And you, you're going to take me. You can see in their eyes. And they're going up in a minivan. Minivan ain't going to beat me today. Yeah, it, I mean, sometimes it's amazing who wants to race you. And so you get ready to go, and you edge, and that light turns green, and it's amazing. Boy, I mean, the race starts. And sometimes you just see in somebody's eyes, you challenging me? Come on, you challenging me? And that anger for no reason. Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, I don't know why, but I just don't like that person? Yeah. Well, why? I don't know, but I just don't. must be something I discern, yeah. <laughs> something inside of you is coming out. I just don't like that person. Now, some of you may work with somebody. Let me ask you this. 
How many of you work with this guy? How many of you work with somebody that just looking at him, you want to slap him? Huh? <laughs> just working with this guy just makes you want to slap him. I mean, it just drives you crazy. This guy is an angel sent from God to burn the anger out of you. And let me tell you something here. If this guy can't help get the anger out of you, then God will send this guy to be your boss. Just get under every nerve you have to manifest every root there is. Why does that person have to work here? For you. And you got a prophecy, the say of the Lord, I'm bringing you there because I'm going to use you there. You are there as a light. And you don't know that God really is saying, I am sending some devils around you to try to get the hell out of you. I'm going to put people around you to drive you crazy. Because I'm tired of you going home and taking it out on the kids. I'm tired of you going home taking it out on the dog and the cat. I'm tired of you going home and taking it out on your wife because you can. So I'm going to send Steve and I'm going to send Dwight. And the longer you go home doing it to your loved ones, the longer I'm going to send these guys around you to help perfect and drive you to hope and to me. Could that be the case? How many of you, you say, you know, Pastor, I can't, I can't stop fighting. Well, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever got in a fight coming to church? Okay, I saw a few movements. Don't raise your hand. But I saw some people chuckle. How many of you ever got in a fight before church at the house or in the car and you were having it out? But the moment you got in the parking lot, there was this anointing that came on you. And you tell your mate to be continued. <laughs> Praise the Lord, my brother. Hallelujah. And you come through the fire and everything. Isn't it amazing you have control when you want to have control? You have control when you need to have control because people's going to see. Woman, people's going to see in this town. You better put a smile on your face because they're going to see that you're chewing my head off. Put your hand down. Don't talk with your hands. <laughs> Hmm? If you raise your hands, just raise your hands like this and go, I hate you, I hate you, and they'll never know what you're saying. <laughs> How do you know I'm preaching real life here this morning? It's real life. But I can't control it. The Bible says I command you to gain control. Amen. So what I want to do today, I just want to give, give, I want to offer you through the Lord, Lord and his word and the Holy Spirit, that there is hope for each and every one of us. There's enough blaming it on our lineage, German, Russian, Indian, whatever our lineage is, we blamed it on that long enough. It's enough to say, well, you know, just the way I was raised, anger is of the devil. 
And it doesn't belong in our lives. Now, there is a righteous anger, and I'm going to speak about that. There is a righteous anger, but that is the anger of God. But the anger we operate in most of the time is the anger of Satan. And God is saying, I want you to reflect me. Amen? He wants to encourage us. He wants to encourage us. So, listen, uh, let me finish with this. The true solution is self-understanding. Why am I acting like this? And we'll get into this. Self-understanding. Acknowledgement of wrong. Hey, I am wrong. Repentance. Faith. And obedience to the word of God. That's how we're going to conquer this element called anger that we fight with. Whether we're spitter or we're simmer. God wants to free us from that. Amen. Just ask you if you just don't mind, just close your eyes and just bow your head. No one looking around. This is right now an intimate time between you and our Heavenly Father. You may have just cause, or the jury of your mind has told you you have just cause to be angry. But God is telling you, just as I had just caused and I released it, you've got to release it. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, pray for me. I have battled and I continue to battle anger and I want you to pray for me. I just right there where you are, just raise your hand and put it back down. God bless you. I see. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's come against anger before anger destroys. Heavenly Father, you saw the hands of those who are acknowledging and repenting. I ask you to help us to identify the very roots and the cause and the reason behind our anger. Lord, the very reason you brought this word to our attention today is because you love us and you want to help us grow. You want to get rid of those termites of our mind and our soul that are keeping us from growing and maturing. Anger has been holding many of us back from going forward. So we receive your word today. Lord, you saw the hands and even those who didn't raise their hands, Father, you know their heart and they're crying out, that's me. We ask you, Holy Spirit, by your grace and by faith, we accept our freedom. And we thank you for your word which sets us free and builds us up that we may stand strong and secure in you. We thank you for in the next few weeks as we walk through your word, we will end this month a totally different person with a totally different home, with a totally different marriage, and a totally different outcome in our future. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, as your head is still bowed and eyes are still closed. If you're here today and you say, I need a change in my life. I need, I know I'm not saved. I know I'm not right with God. I know that I gotta, I gotta surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now saying I need to get born again. I need forgiveness of my sins. Anyone at all? You're here today. Maybe you have been saved, but yet you've wandered away from God and you wanna get it right with God today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where he wants to receive you as you acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. Anyone at all? Anyone at all? Pray for me, preacher. I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to go to heaven. I want to live for Jesus. I want to surrender my life so that he can take it and he can give me a new life. I'm tired of my old life. It's getting me nowhere. Anyone at all? 
Don't leave here without surrendering to Jesus. He loves you so much that he gave his life for you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else today? Anyone else? Anyone else? I've got to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm going nowhere like I am. I'm going nowhere. Anyone else? Anyone else? I'm ready for a change. Is that you? I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for a new beginning. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. My brother that raised his hand, would you come and let me pray with you, please? Would you come? There was a man who raised his hand. Would you come? If you raised your hand today, would you come and let me pray with you? Come. Lee, just come with you. Just come with you. Anyone else, you want to pray the prayer of salvation today? God bless you, sir. Good having you. This is your first day here, huh? About a year ago. Well, welcome back. We're glad you're here. You ready to get your life over to Jesus? You straight away. Okay. But he can save you and he can heal you, can he? What's your name? upon your heart I want you to pray this prayer with me dear heavenly father come into my heart and be my lord and be my savior forgive me of all my sins wash me and cleanse me and save me through your precious blood I accept you as my savior and my healer in Jesus name Amen Father I pray for my brother Michael right now and I ask you by the power of the Holy Spirit that you breathe within him your life Lord we come against this attack of Parkinson's we come against these signs this attack of the enemy that would want to try to destroy his life and his future come against the attacks on his mind and the hurt and the discouragement that comes against him many times pray hedge over his mind I pray healing over his mind pray healing over his heart Father I ask you to manifest yourself to him as a total restorer rescuer of all things we are in awe of you and your greatness we thank you Father for Michael coming back today we thank you, Lord God, that there's a transforming power at work within him. That Michael will never be the same again. We give you the glory and the praise, and we thank you for this miracle. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you, Michael. God bless you, sir. The Lord praise. You got a paper? He'll take your information. Just believe you're healed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, listen. Let's go ahead and stand up. We love you. We bless you. Tonight, man, last Sunday night, I preached it in here. We're going to have some, a great service tonight at 6 o'clock. Message on how to get through the end times. And it's something that God's put so real in my heart. So we'll be here at 6 o'clock. We love you. We bless you as Brother Jake blesses us as we go. Father, right now we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you so much for this word, Lord. And God, I just pray that, Lord, each one of us, Father, today you have put something in our hearts, instilled something into us, Lord, that we will not, 
Lord, allow our anger and frustration, Lord God, to just rule over our lives. But Father, instead, we're going to allow your love and your peace, Lord God, to just come in to our hearts and to our minds, Father, so that we can be uh, slow to anger, Lord God, quick to listen, Father. And Father, just quick to be humble, Father, and, and, and be sorry for anything, any wrongs we have done or committed, Lord. And I thank you, God, that you're bringing families closer together relationships, couples, marriages closer together, friends, Lord God, you're, you're tearing down the walls and breaking down the walls of division right now in the home and throughout our, in our jobs with our co-workers, Lord. I just pray for you that you're mending and healing and restoring lives in the name of Jesus. And we bless you today, Father. Amen.